As you dive into this teaching from High Point Church, we pray that it will help you grow in your faith as you believe in, belong to, and become more like Jesus. If these messages bless you, would you consider giving back in support of this ministry? You can give and learn more about High Point at www.highpoint.church. A creed is a set of beliefs or aims that guides a person or a group of people in a certain direction for action. That's what Oxford Dictionary says. There's all kinds of creeds. Think with me for a moment. I mean, everyone's got a creed. People follow many, many creeds. In Christianity, some would suggest that there's over 150 different creeds at different times for different purposes to get people moving in the same direction, rowing at the same time, going to the same destination with the same belief. Let me show you just a few of the earliest creeds in the Christian faith. The first one is this, it's the Apostles' Creed. And so that came in the second century, late first, and that was directly from the apostles. And these guys, they wanted to make sure that everyone believed in Jesus. The scripture says, for as many as believe in him and believe in his name, to them they become children of God. And so their focus was on Jesus, believe in Jesus, believe in Jesus. But then what happened is, some would say it wasn't enough. And so they, then came the Nicene Creed. And now maybe you're familiar with this one. It came in 325, a bunch of people got together and they decided that it's not just enough to say that you need to believe in Jesus. What specifically do we believe about Jesus that we need to know? Again, I grew up saying this one in church, maybe you did too. And then several other creeds came. One in particular was the Anathasian Creed. And so this was targeted specifically at some false teaching that was happening around the church, even inside the church. And remember, a creed, we got to get everybody moving in the same direction. This is what we believe. This is the path that's being forged. And here, this one was very critical in the fifth century because what was happening is, is that there was a false doctrine in regards to the Trinity. So they wanted to clarify that God exists in three persons, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Another early creed that came right after was the Chalcedonian definition. And they call it a definition because what's interesting about this is that Jesus, believe in Jesus. Believe in who Jesus is. Believe in what Jesus has done. But then it became even more specific, which the scriptures declare, and even the apostles taught that Jesus was 100% man and 100% God. And so that's what that clarified. And then there's countless other, what I would call biblical creeds. And these are creeds that you find in the scriptures that are just defined and tell us some things that we need to know to push forward in the same direction. Now, that's a brief history lesson. I see you all staring at me like, welcome those are that online. Please don't tune out. 
But seriously, like, well, what, what do you mean? Well, well, there's all kinds of biblical creeds. And so let me just show you a couple of them. The first one is this. It's in Deuteronomy. And Deuteronomy chapter 6, it's a great one because it's like, hero God. Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord's one, and, and this is what we shall do. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And then it goes on to say that, that you need to keep these things in your mind. You need to post them on the doorpost. You need to talk about them uh, when you're at home and walk with them. And, and then another creed that's very important that we see, that one's about God. This one is about Jesus. The Bible says, therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the, God, to the glory of God and the glory of the Father. Praise God for the clarity of his word. And, and so I found another creed and I wanna introduce this one to you. The Bible's filled with them. And I was struck, we're in a series. The series is entitled Summer in the Psalms. I've been reading through the Psalms. I gotta be honest, I'm always prepared with where we're heading next, sometimes months ahead, what passages. And I just kind of said, I'm just gonna go week to week and, and just rely on the Lord. And, and, and this Psalm jumped out at me. It's Psalm nine. If you have a Bible, go ahead and turn to Psalm nine. And I wanna suggest to you that this has become my worship creed and it's my worship creed because it's setting my beliefs about worship in the same direction as what God's word says so that I can push forward and I want to invite you into my Bible study and I'm wondering at the end of our time if we all couldn't grab hold of this worship creed and what I want to do is I want to take six worship declarations that I see in this psalm, Psalm 9, verses 1 through 20. And I want to present those to us. And then at the end, I'll just tell you where we're going. At the end, I'd, I'd love to have us all stand and declare these truths together as we worship God for who he is and what he's done. On board, see some people nodding. See some people through the screen. Yes, you're nodding too. I hope so. You're on some beach somewhere and we're wondering why aren't we there too? But in all seriousness, we've been doing this for the, for the times that I've been speaking and we're thankful for a summer where you're gonna hear from some different voices. We're excited about what God's doing this summer. Let's stand together for the reading of God's word. Um, we don't always do this. Met some people that came over from um, the Marriott this morning and so awesome to see some new people here. And if you're new, we just wanna welcome you. That's a time where you old people and old timers just freaking clap for the people, could you please? And just let's be nice. And we're a nice church, aren't we? Paint your smile on. I'm kidding, but it's true, man. This is, you know, and you'll probably be visiting some churches over the summer as you travel. And what a great place to come and to be fed by God's word. And in this church, let me clarify, we're all about this. We're all about God's word. And we want to open it up. We want to learn from it. And we want to grow. And we want to be challenged by it. So let's take a look. Look with me at verse one. I'll just read the whole thing. Follow along. Um, whatever version you have. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount of all of your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exalt in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. When my enemies turn back, they stumble and perish before your presence. For you have maintained my just cause. You have sat on the throne giving righteous judgment. 
You have rebuked the nations. You have made the wicked perish. You have blotted out their name forever and ever. The enemy came to an end in everlasting ruins. Their cities you rooted out. The very memory of them has perished. But the Lord sits enthroned forever. He has established his throne for justice. He judges the world with righteousness. He judges the people with uprightness. The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed. A stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. If you believe that, let's praise the Lord right now. Come on, praise him. Verse 11, sing. It was hard to praise him when you got your Bible. So you're just like, (laughs) didn't really think that part through. Verse 11, sing praises to the Lord who sits enthroned in Zion. Tell among the people his deeds. For he, is a, he avenges, for who avenges blood is mindful of them. He does not forget the cry of the afflicted. Be gracious to me, O Lord. See my affliction from those who hate me. O you who lift me up from the gates of death, I may recount all your praises, that in the gates of the daughter of Zion I may rejoice in your salvation. The nations have sunk in the pit that they made, in the net that they hid their own foot has been caught. But the Lord has made himself known. He has executed judgment. The wicked are snared in the work of their own hands. The wicked shall return to Sheol. All the nations they forget that forgot God. For the needy shall not always be forgotten. For the hope of the poor shall perish, shall not perish forever. And then lastly, verse 19, arise, O Lord, let not man prevail. Let nations be judged before you. Put them in fear, O Lord. Let the nations know that they are but men. Father, I thank you for this song. I thank you for all that declares. I thank you for the reminder that it has that you are sovereign and you are in control. And Lord, I love that it says those who know your name that put their trust in you, that you will not forsake and we can seek you and find you. And so I pray that you would unite us as a church family, whether we're in the room or in a different place, that Lord, you would be glorified. Teach us through your word. I pray for your Holy Spirit to work through me If you agree with that prayer, simply say amen. You may be seated. You got a notes page. We handed that to you on the way in. And so what we like to do is, um, you know, take some notes because it's helpful for your memory to remember these things. I would write this one right in my Bible. This is the worship creed. I want to give you six worship declarations. And so it's like, hey, what's it like to worship? These are the things. First one is this. Make note. I will give thanks to the Lord first and foremost. That's where the psalm begins, that I've got to thank the Lord, thanking God for who he is, thanking God for what he's done. It all starts there, an attitude of gratitude. So I can reach a new place in my spiritual walk. I gotta remember what he did in the rearview mirror so that I can see where he's gonna lead me in the windshield. That's where the psalm begins. And so giving thanks is an important thing, but let's break it down. We're a Bible church. Look at verse one with me. This is where we're starting. And and so how exactly am I to give thanks to the Lord? Well, we don't have to hold a conference. We don't have to whiteboard some ideas. He tells us specifically, with your whole heart. Now, if we double click on that in the original language, whole heart is the seed of your emotions. That means with your mind and with your emotions and with your will. 
So it's really important that it engages all three things. We're talking about creeds. Sometimes a creed just engages the head with intellect. It's not enough. It isn't enough to just know the truth. The truth has to hit my heart. I just ask you this really seriously. When's the last time you shed a tear for what Jesus did for you on the cross? That's worship. It hits your heart. And it's displayed in your life. And and so I I wanna give thanks with all of who I am. We're gonna talk about that in a moment. And and then I wanna recount. So if we double click on this word, it's a financial term. And so it's like what an accountant does. Specifically my daughter, um, love my, uh, gosh, you can't say love my daughter. Then the other two are like, you don't love me. (laughs) Love all my daughters. This one followed in my footsteps. She has an accounting finance background, so I love her more. Just kidding. And, and, and so, but, but she's an accountant, and she does, she's an auditor. And, and so what does an auditor do? Counts. And so I recount. It's a financial term. I'm counting the things that God has done, that his wonderful deeds. And so think to yourself for a moment. What are the wonderful deeds, if you had to take inventory and look in the rearview mirror of what God has done in your life, what's the top five? What's the top three? Hey, do you have it at the tip of your tongue? If not, please, this isn't a message that I'm just trying to kind of guilt trip you. It's just conviction. We got to know. For some people in here, and I love this, I know so many of you, For some, it's how God worked in your heart and life with a child or a physical illness or a difficulty or or a new path that he carved and that you followed him. Like in our church, like what's your top five? Hey, I I don't have that yet. Project for the summer, everybody up? (laughs) Project for the summer, get the family together. Hey, let me lead you in a Bible study. Just do a Bible study. We make it so difficult. We guilt trip ourselves with our kids and oh, we got to study the Bible and we got to get really deep. Hey, really deep. How about this? Study this verse. We'll put it up on the screen. Take Psalm 77, get the kids, get the family, get the roommates, get everybody and read. I'll remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes. I'll remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty hands. And then just list out the top 10 things you've seen God do in your life. Good exercise. I mean, just like stop guilt tripping yourself, man. Just take the low-hanging fruit. And, 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 and the reason we do this is because if you read over and over in the Old Testament, carried into the New, they forgot the deeds of God. The generation forgot. And the scripture says in the Old Testament, there's a whole book of it that, that what? That the people did what they want in their own sight. And the string is they... They, they forgot what God did. And so we don't want to forget in our family. I mean, it's a good exercise for us. Like, like, what are the things? I could share my things and rally you, but I'm not. What's yours? You say, why is this important? Well, let's go to a woman, um, my daughter, just my other daughter who I love. She, she just, my oldest, she just read her memoirs and she was talking to me about it. And how about this from Beth Moore? She says, powerful motivation for believing God in our present is intentionally remembering how he's worked in our past. I, I, yes. It, 
I gotta remember what's in the rearview mirror. For me, my family, my church, what the scriptures say about him so that I can see clearly through where he's taking us. Does that make sense? So I wanna thank God is the first thing with my whole heart. I wanna recount financially. I wanna look at and make note and, and I wanna know what he's done. And then secondly, we're talking about a worship creed. Let me give you the next thing is this, that this is the next declaration. I'll find joy in the Lord. When you do that, you, you, you find joy. Now, I've taught on this before, but for those who are new, I, I want you to understand, and for those who are here and weren't listening, <laughs> but we've talked about the difference between joy and we've talked about the difference between happiness. And they're very different. Happiness comes from the root word happenstance. And so that means by luck or by accident. And, and so that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about joy. Happenstance or happiness is dependent on outside circumstances. We live in Chicago. Could you imagine if we just, if we were only had joy from being like, yeah, it's nice in July <laughs> and to June, but oh boy, can we get through November, through February, March? Our happiness, our joy can't be dependent on what's happening to me, whether it's the weather, whether it's how somebody's treating me, whether it's, it's what's happening around me. No, joy is independent of circumstances and it's what's happened inside of me. Give me a praise if, if you believe that. Isn't that do, we, do we understand that? So that's so different. And so we've defined joy uh, since the beginning of our church like this. Uh, it's supernatural delight in God and his purposes and his presence and his people. And, and that's joy, it's a choice. And so, 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 so how, do we, how do we find this joy? that's independent of my circumstance. Because if it's just on my circumstance, I gotta just be honest, man, I'm not, I'm not a good person, I'm not real happy, and I have no joy. <laughs> anybody with me? I, I mean, anybody, you know, I mean, read the text. David is the author, we'll get into the history in a moment. He's talking about the enemies that are after him and killing him. Anybody got some friends like that? Yeah, some of you. I'm kidding, but whether inside the church, outside the church, in your family, with your friends, it's just like, man, I can't, I can't base my happiness on how somebody treats me or what's going on outside of me or my job or my title or what I get done. It's gotta be supernatural. And, and so, so here's three things to improve it. How do we improve it? Well, I will be glad, let's go back to that, please. Please go back to where we were. Please, please go back to where we were. I'm not having a lot of joy right now, but I'm happy now because of the outside circumstance that this came back, and boy, just isn't that funny. Um, three things, glad, we're gonna take a look at these three words, glad, exalt, and sing, and so I wanna double click, and what do they mean in the original language? Well, to be glad is to smile. That, that's really what it means. To exalt, is to jump. Wasn't it nice to see Pastor Craig jumping with the kids today? 
Wasn't that I was thinking we were going to go into Van Halen or something. Anybody with me? It was, I, th- I thought Van Halen was going to come out. The band was going to come and, and we're going to jump and, you know. <laughs> but, but that's what it literally means. And if we double click on sing, let me, let me break this down. I mean, in the original language, it means sing. I, yes, it is profound, my brother. And I know the people around you don't want to hear your voice singing, some of you. But God does. He gave it to you. And so we got we to gotta sing, man. This is like you're in the shower. and Oh, that's a bad picture. And, and you're in the car. And, and so how can we improve our worship we have to find joy. That means we've got to be glad. We've got to smile. I'm not talking fake smile. I'm talking about thinking about what God's done. I've got to exalt. I've got to jump for joy and, and lift him up. I, 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 need, I need to sing. And so let's talk about improving our worship here at High Point this summer and just be real candid. And so worship is an important thing. So now let's get to that place that you guys were at before. I want to give you seven, six secrets to joyful re- worship. We're going to go through these quick. And so we want to up the level. Just, you know, you're new. Hey, you know what? One of our values is about worship. We've been one to worship. One, W-O-N. Worship him with our whole lives, yes. But now I'm talking about our corporate worship. And so the first thing is this, six secrets, priority. Make worship a priority. Like, get here on time. Get here, amen. Get get here on time and get in the worship center. We're out there and we're talking and we're having a good time and I I don't want to be the, you know, put a a damper on all that. But but you got to understand that when that first song comes on, it's it's intentional in that it's a gathering song. I mean, have you figured this out yet? That there's great intentionality with our worship and we start with a gathering song. It's like, rah, rah, get yourself in here, get in here, get in here, get in here, get in here. And, and then it's, it slowly goes to the place of worship where we're adoring God. And, 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 and there's intentionality with our worship team. Bethany's sitting here with her family. We're so grateful for her and our leadership here and, and Todd Rooks and our whole team. And this isn't just random, hey, I heard a great song on Caleb, let's play it. Like we don't do it like that. So make it a priority to get here. Secondly, good stuff, preparation. Some of you guys, me included, this week, Today, I just had to sit in my car, man. I, I couldn't walk in here. You know what the scripture says? The scripture says if you got an issue with your brother, don't come in and make an offering to the Lord. Anybody know this scripture in Matthew? And, and, and don't make the offering here. Like, get out of here. Go make it right with your brother. You can do that now with texting. And, and then do what? And then bring your offering to the Lord. And so some of us, you know what? The car ride over wasn't great with the family. Take a moment. Prepare your hearts before you enter in the building. 
the, the most powerful words we could say to our kids and our wife and our husband and your roommate, whoever you came over with, please forgive me for. I'm sorry about this. We're gonna go walk into worship. Let's just pray right now. I mean, would that change the dynamic and temperature of this room? Would it? It's going to, I promise you. And so, 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 so getting yourself prepared. And you know, some, what I love is, is just even sitting down and reading a psalm or, or just get your heart right. So get here, get in your seat. If somebody's sitting in your seat, you have my permission to kick them out if you've been here for over 10 years. It's happened over here, I know. And, and, and it's okay, but if, if you could be nice to some people, if they look new, don't. But, but, but like we want to get going. And then the third thing is participation. And, you know, I just feel like there's just a lot of alligators in here. Can't get your arms up. <laughs> clap when we're supposed to clap. Sing when you're supposed to sing. Praise the Lord. I, I'm, I'm just amazed. Like there, there's something in me. And just know this now. I'm just, is it okay for us gentle rebuke? Okay. When the song says, raise, hand, raise your hand, and you're singing it, and you do nothing, I'm just asking. I mean, you could do an alligator one to get started. I'm not going full out, you know, charismatic like my brother over here and, and jumping out, and, you know, I'm, I'm joking. But we all have different emotions and different way of expressing but that we don't miss the connection between what we're singing and doing. Does that make sense? And, 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 and honestly, like, like our worship, we wanna, we wanna see God move. And, and so, so I'm, I know, you know what, I'm more intellectual, I don't do that. Just do this. Follow the instruction of the worship leader, you'll be surprised. I wasn't one of them either and then I joined. And it's the best thing that's happened to me. So now you see me in the front row. <laughs> but, but seriously, I mean, just, just let yourself remember. Worship is about your mind and your emotions and your will. And so we want to participate and we want to sing. And fourth, we got to get through this list, posture. You know, whether we sit, whether we stand, we need, sometimes we open up the front. I mean, and I just want, hey, if you don't want to stand during the whole worship set, sit down. It's okay. I mean, you know, a lot of times, you know, I stand a lot more than you guys. You get to sit the whole time while I'm preaching. So I sit sometimes during the worship, just being honest. And, and, but, but I gather myself and I'm praying. And so, so just, you know, like do what you feel is best. And fifth is um, perspective. It's about pleasing God, not anyone else around you. It isn't about somebody else and what they're doing. And if you're doing something, I remember when we first started the church and, you know, we've had our share of people come in with flags and their own instruments. I mean, it was, it's been cray-cray sometimes. Like, there's like, the band out there says it's better than the one here. And, and people used to bring instruments and, you know, all kinds of, and, and, and we don't have that as much anymore. But, but, you know, don't break someone else's worship because of something you're doing. You don't want the attention on you. It's about God. And so we don't want, you know, that's why, you know, not, probably not a good idea during the worship set to get up in the back row and just start doing laps around the worship center. Just, I'm just telling you, what's going to happen if you do that? 
Let's just be honest. Somebody said chaos. I wasn't thinking that, but, but what is gonna happen? Think about it. And you know, several hundred people here. What you do, just think, I've thought a lot about this. Now you have all the hundreds of people in here. You just broke their attention on God to focus on you. Do we want that? No, we don't. Lastly, is this helpful? Yes. Preference, okay. Oh, we just don't sing any of the old hymns anymore. No, we don't. I like that old praise chorus. Why can't we sing, Lord, lift your name on high? Oh, that means so much to me. It means a lot to me too. But we're reading through the Psalms this summer. Circle how many times it says, sing a new song. God likes new things. And he wants us, I'm not, you know, it's not that we're never gonna do an old song, but God likes new things and us singing new songs. And so, you know, sometimes we have to lay down our personal preference. Who knows who Warren Wiersbe is? Back to the Bible, preacher downtown, Chicago. Like, I, this guy's amazing. He's with the Lord. I remember meeting with him. It, like, it's like meeting an idol. And Jody and I had lunch with him. And his biggest thing was, my generation's unwillingness to let go of the old things to get the new people in the church. And maybe it's not a great song for you, but think about the age of you and the age of our church and we're trying to get people in to sing new songs. So there's the list. Six secrets to joyful worship. Spent a little more time, but I think it was helpful, right? Yeah. Next thing is this. We're talking about... Um, we're talking about, uh, what are we talking about? We're talking about worship. What's the word? Declarations. I gotta put my trust in the Lord. So this is where we're gonna get deep into the psalm. It's gonna go quick. But David is the writer, I've already said that. Some would say that this is all about his encounter with Goliath. I don't know if that's accurate because I think there's more in here and it's probably the Philistines and other, like he just had so many battles and, and so remember his battles, he won when he put his dependence in the Lord. He didn't trust in chariots. He didn't trust in horses. He trusted in the name of the Lord our God. And so that's when he had victory. And so we gotta trust God with the next steps. And so what did David trust him for? We can see it right in this psalm. So we're gonna go quick here, but there's a lot of scripture. So I wanna develop this and ask you three questions. Am I trusting in God's judgments? Because that's what David says in verses three through six. And for you have maintained my just cause. You have sat on the throne giving righteous judgment. David's saying, God, this didn't work out for me exactly always but I trust you because you're sovereign and in control. As we worship him, God, I trust you with what's happening in my family despite the uncertainty, my job, whatever. He's in control. Second question to ask yourself, am I trusting in God's righteousness? Now for David and the gang, remember it was about God revealing his righteousness to the people and they were living in a very unrighteous time and place. He judges the world with his righteousness. For us today, it's about Christ's imputed righteousness that, that we get in off of his coattails. That is, I believe in Jesus that, that his righteousness is applied to me because I'm unrighteous. If you got that, give me an amen. amen. And, and so, he, so am I trusting in God's righteousness? Not my own, what I can do, the battle that I can win, 
the, the spear that I can throw. No, no it, it's, is God behind it? And is he at work? And is he at work in you and through you? Third question, again, you could just work your way through the text. Am I trusting in God's goodness? I love this. The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Raise your hand right now if you've experienced that to be true. He is. And so these are the thing, three things. Am I trusting in God's judgment, in God's righteousness, in God's, in God's goodness? And so that's the, the, the big chunk of the psalm. You'll see verses three through 10. And, and so it's, it's a worship declaration that I need to trust God. Next worship declaration, we're gonna work our way through. I will speak up for the Lord. I think this is pretty simple. Tell among the peoples his deeds. The scripture says the righteous are as bold as a lion. Can we just praise God for the kids today? We had a portion of the kids up here for, for what God's doing. And, and I, I wanna give my thanks to Kelly Maher who's been on our team for years upon years and her leadership in our children's ministry. She's pastoring and leading and shepherding families, volunteers. Like, we want to lift her up. Praise the Lord for her. But you know the big thing that I got out of this? The hundreds of leaders. And you know what they did? They shared Jesus. And 90 kids raised their hand and said, I want to take part. Already been said, it's a pebble in the stream of discipleship. Love that phrase. But it needs a start. You remember sticking, putting your log in the fire, walking up that aisle. Like, man, we want to get these kids Jesus and we want to go. So let me just ask you this. And I know it's foolish. If it depended specifically on you or you, the advancement of the gospel, was on your shoulders only. How far has it gone in the last six months? How far has it gone in the last six years? How far has it gone with your family, with your friends, with your roommates, with the crazy relative, on your social media? Soft rebuke? can we just clean it up a little bit and recognize that I'm like the Apostle Paul. That's who I'm modeling after. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I, to the Jews, I became like a Jew. To the Gentiles, I became like a Gentile. To this person, I become this person. To this, I become... Why? So that I might share Christ. And so that I might build bridges instead of walls. So that I would stop tearing other people down. Like, like it, it's so important sharing Christ. Another one of our values, you've been found to find. It's right there on the second floor. And, and so we want to find others who are receptive to God and focus on them. That's what our, our parents and the volunteers modeled with our kids. Let's continue to do it. Praise God one more time for the leaders that served this week. Fifth thing is this, I will be transparent with the Lord. And so if you read through the psalm, we're going to focus now on just verses 15 through 18, but just go to 16. The Lord has made himself known. Isn't that awesome? He knows you. 
you should make yourself known to him because he knows anyways. Just fess up. He knows what's going on. So permission to do an illustration I've done before. Okay, that was not very um, helpful. This is what I see coming into the worship center. People come in and, and it's like this. And, and you got this weight and you're just holding that. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's in your family. Maybe it's at your work. Maybe it's a financial situation and a burden. And, and just like, man, I can't bear this thing. And then what the worship service is designed to do is for you to come in and to get your eyes off of this and set it down and get your hand open to Jesus, to what he wants to give you and, 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 and what he wants to do. And then the goal of the worship set, just telling you what we're trying to do. Everybody okay with insider information? The goal of the worship center set is that one of two things are gonna happen after you have poured out your heart to God and he's filled your cup, that either you're gonna forget to pick it back up or you're gonna be able to pick it up again because it ain't leaving and it's gonna look like this and it's gonna feel like this for a week and you can handle it and you're strong and you can go, amen? because God's there. And, and, and then this is why we meet, it's, this is gonna bewilder everyone. We actually meet every week. <laughs> You're like, what? No. I thought it was only the second Sunday of each month. You're kidding me. You do this every, like with, with the full band and stuff? I mean, with the full children's ministry? Yeah, we actually do. And we do it every week because this just comes, doesn't it? And this becomes this. And, and we need to gather together in community and corporate worship. And we need to praise God for who he is and what he's done. That's what we're trying to do. Worship creed. Helpful? This is a foundational message for our church. I can hardly wait to go to Wheaton in about 10 minutes because we got to get the culture at some of our places to understand what we're trying to achieve. And so I want us to get it here. Oh, I don't like this. You know what? There's lots of churches. But we're going for a genuine, heartfelt worship and the word. God's presence feeding and moving us. So I'm going to invite the worship team forward now, and uh, let's praise God for them. And we're going to give you the sixth thing, and the sixth thing is I'll rejoice in the Lord. Boy, if I, had, if I said let's praise God for the worship team and they clapped for me like that, Bethany, I wouldn't be happy. I mean, that was just like, we don't do golf claps around here, all right? So if we're going to go for it and show our appreciation for somebody, let's give it to them. And, no, not... Hey. You can't do it when we're begging you. Doesn't count. Okay, so the last one is this. Write it down and then stand up with me when you're ready. I will rejoice in the Lord.
And so when you're ready, it's okay, just stand. If you're able to stand, stand with me because what I wanna do is I want to, it says, arise, O Lord. So we're asking God to rise. And that's exactly what it means. And if you look at the Psalm, at the 19 and 20, it says, hey, let not man prevail. And, and, and let not man, you know, let not, not, he's gonna be judged. And let, let the other people around me, the people that I have to deal with and work with, and let them know that they're just men and God is God. And, and, and that's who he is, and that's what he's done. And, and so what we want to do is we're standing because in the scripture, God says that he wants to exalt the humble. And so he wants to lift us up in spirit and with what's happening. And, and so we can, we can recognize the bigness of God, and it helps us to understand who we are and what he wants to do. And so what I'd like to do is I'd like to just end our time in worship. We've got a great song. Let's model, I mean, expressing ourselves and singing to him. And maybe for some, it's just a moment of with your head down thinking and praying and for others, it's full out expression. But in order to get us to that place, I want us to affirm this creed together. Good idea? So we're going to review. We'll put it up on the, on the screen. So worship team's going to come forward. Worship team's going to do this. They're going to, um, they're actually going to have a part and they're going to say the verse. And then what's going to happen is um, we're going to state with, with declaration, we're going to say the first part and then they're going to say the next. Make sense? So this isn't like, you know, I will give thanks to the Lord. This is like, you know, with your voices, strong, let's say it together. And then Bethany and the worship team will say the verse to affirm. And then it's going to just lead us. It's like we're taking off a jet plane. And we're just going to get into some worship. All right? So say it with me. I will give thanks to the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. I will find joy in the Lord. I will be glad Amen. and exult in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. Next. I will put my trust in the Lord. And those who know your name put Amen. their trust Amen, in you. Lord. For you, Amen. O Lord, you have are, not forsaken those yes, who Yes, Lord. You. And next, I will speak up for the Lord. That's right. Sing praises to the Lord. Amen, Lord. That's what we want to do. Tell, Tell among, among the, the people his Amen. Deeds. Amen. And next, I will be transparent with the Lord. The Lord has made himself known. He has executed judgment. Amen. The wicked are snared in the work of their own hands. And lastly, I will rejoice in the Lord. Arise, O Lord, let not man prevail, let the nations be judged before you. Put them in fear, O Lord, let the nations know that they are but men. Lord, you are here and you are good. May we worship you for who you are and what you've done. We want to worship you in spirit and in truth. Lift us up now, I pray, Lord.